This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, recruiting time. Recruiting never really sleeps time, but uh, recruits definitely weren't sleeping on Tennessee Wednesday time. Got a lot to discuss in this episode time, whatever time of day it is, boys and girls. It's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Thursday morning. How are you? Hope you're well. Hope everything in your life is going exactly the way you want it to be going. Hope everything is is super. Hope your holiday plans are are locked in and ready to go. Hope uh, hope everything is going well. We got a lot of Tennessee football to talk about on this episode of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Just a quick programming note. We will have, uh, I believe we're scheduled to have a, uh, a hoops edition Friday once Ben gets up to the northeast we, we weren't able to get that done uh, the timing just wouldn't work before he uh, went up that way um, but once he gets up there uh, we will have a, a a big big episode about talking talking about where Tennessee is this week uh, the Vols going to seventh rank Vols going to uh, 13th rank Maryland or playing 13th rank Maryland I should say on Sunday in Brooklyn at the Hall of Fame Invitational so we're going to have some stuff from Ben up that way so we'll have lots of good stuff there. Then we'll have some stuff to talk about after the weekend about that that game and much more. But uh, we are going to talk Tennessee football in, in this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. And to do that, we're going to go down uh, to that that uh, home daycare center, get to the one and the only Ryan Callahan. Ryan, if I can get you queued up here, what is going on? Uh, not much. Just, uh, just keeping track of uh, all these different things that are being juggled at the same time by coaches that I don't necessarily envy this time of year with all the things they have to juggle. It's, uh, you know, you're getting ready for a bowl game. If you're Josh Heupel, you're looking for, for a new assistant coach. You're, you're monitoring the more than a thousand players in the transfer portal. You're trying to finish out the 2023 recruiting class. And sometimes that leads to days like what Tennessee had Wednesday, a, a pretty good day for the Vols. Yeah. And, uh, Despite all that, you know, Heupel had to go down to um, Miami yesterday for a press conference, and I was like, you know, this this could have been a Zoom, guys. This this could have been a Zoom. I don't don't know why everybody had to fly to Miami to do all that stuff yesterday, but nonetheless, they got it done, and it was a big big day for Tennessee because the we said this all the time, right? That uh, the portal. There were going to be a lot of Tennessee players going in the portal, just like there are a lot of players from everywhere going in the portal. And I think from Tennessee, it's actually not been quite that bad. Um, the the guys who did decide to leave, you're like, well, okay, I get that. Um, but the portal door swings both ways, right? And Tennessee 
added a couple of guys from the portal in the same day at major positions of need, and then also through the more traditional recruiting ranks, went ahead and picked up a uh, kind of a regular, regular old commitment too, Ryan. Walk us through everything Tennessee went through Wednesday. Yeah, as a matter of fact, Josh Heupel, I believe, was uh, was on a plane headed to uh, Miami for that uh, that press conference Wednesday afternoon that you mentioned uh, when when uh, when when Tennessee picked up its first uh, edition of the day, uh, or at least uh, he received or some of Tennessee's coaches received word of that. Um, tight end McAllen Castles uh, out of uh, UC Davis uh, was the first commitment of the day, uh, and and not a name that had had been discussed a lot. Uh, you know, there, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of speculation that Tennessee was, was going to add, uh, not really speculation. We knew Tennessee was going to add, uh, at least one tight end in the transfer portal. Uh, there, there'd been a, a lot of talk about, uh, Kyle Morlock out of division two shorter university, a guy that Tennessee offered more than a week ago, uh, and, and still is heavily involved with him. Um, so, so not, uh, not a guy that had been discussed as much as Morlock, but, um, this is someone Tennessee really wanted and just had a, a low key recruitment. And, and you can see why uh, they, they wanted him. And we'll, we'll get more into sort of the details and uh, on him in just a minute, but that, this is the guy that, that was on the senior bowl watch list going into this season at UC Davis. He, he's just playing in an FCS school and you see guys like that play their way into the NFL uh, all the time. Uh, these days, just, uh, you know, you don't always know them as household names until you start hearing the, the draft talk. Um, so he he didn't have as big of a season as he would have liked to have this past year. I think 347 receiving yards, a couple touchdowns, 30 catches, you know, decent numbers, but uh, thought he could do more and thought the move up to a to a power five school uh, would, would serve him well. And so Tennessee beats out Missouri, uh, Washington and Purdue uh, to land him. And uh, a number of other offers too, but those were the the main contenders in the end. Uh, and then Tennessee gets a uh, a commitment from a transfer kicker, Charles Campbell uh, out of Indiana, who spent the past few years uh, with the with the Hoosiers, a very experienced kicker, been their primary place kicker for the past three years. But he's originally from Jackson, Tennessee. Uh, played at University School School of Jackson with uh, with Trey Smith uh, uh, during his time there, and and yet. Tennessee, I think there was a natural connection there. Uh, James Wilhoyt has, has trained him, the former Tennessee kicker, uh, who, who does a does a great job and, and continues to train high school kickers uh, across the state and even outside the state, and, uh, and and had worked with them. And so once Tennessee, you know, kind of made it clear they were in, in the market for a a transfer kicker, uh, it, it, it sort of looked like a natural fit given where Charles Campbell is from. Uh, put up solid numbers at Indiana, just a guy who wanted to move on and. Get some some more more film, more opportunities. Play playing in an offense like or with an offense like Tennessee's. He obviously thinks he's going to get a lot of chances to kick, and uh, and that's that's what he's looking to do. And so so spending his final year of his college career at Tennessee should should help him in that regard. And then uh, Wednesday night, uh, you know, maybe maybe more of a surprise uh, addition in some ways because it's the guy who just got an offer from Tennessee uh, about four days before, um, but uh, offensive lineman. Uh, Larry Johnson III out of Hutchinson Community College out in Kansas committing to the Vols on Wednesday night. Uh, he, he picks Tennessee over uh, essentially Houston, but also Maryland had had, had been scheduled to, to, to host him on an official visit uh, before Tennessee offered. That, that visit kind of quickly got scrapped. Um, so that's uh, 
that that's that was the competition there, but sort of a late riser in a way, and also a, a, a guy who was a full academic qualifier coming out of high school earlier this year. So he's not um, uh, not having to wait and, and graduate from junior college. He can, he can come right away. So he'll be a midterm enrollee arriving on campus in January, just one semester out of high school, essentially. And with four years left to play his final three seasons. So a lot to like about that addition as kind of a just a big, raw offensive lineman, six foot six plus and uh, 345 pounds or so, a big, big guy. Uh, that I think Tennessee sees a, a lot of upside in, and, and certainly his uh, coaches at Hutchinson Community College do as well. So, uh, so three nice additions uh, that, that, that address some major needs for Tennessee, and we, we can get into those a, a little bit more individually. But definitely a good day for Tennessee overall as they continue to put the final pieces in place for that 2023 class uh, with Larry Johnson the third, and then also get started in a pretty big way in the transfer portal uh, after things really just opened up on Monday officially for a lot of players in the portal. Yeah, I guess we'll, we'll work backwards backwards from that, uh, going and starting with Larry Johnson III, because that's the name you you just most recently mentioned, I guess. And and when I look at him, I mean, I see a big, 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 huge kid. What what? How did he end up at Hutch in the first place if, if he was a qualifier? Or did he just need to get his body in a little better shape or just a late bloomer or late to the game? Or, or what, what caused a guy who obviously has that much sort of raw – Rob talent and that kind of size what caused him to be there in the first place yeah this is uh you know there there are theories on this uh on his end you know he thinks uh and, and his coaches maybe to a degree too think that he's uh an example you know the type of player who who was maybe victim to what's happened with scholarship numbers the past couple of years and the reason why you see the 25 scholarship limit or, or 25 signee limit uh, no longer being in place for the next couple classes um, because the, the transfer portal and uh, the extra players on teams rosters because of COVID, the free year of eligibility, all those things kind of conspiring to make it harder for players like him who would traditionally have maybe been in the back end of somebody's class um, in, in the past couple of years, just essentially went unsigned or got knocked down a level. So he had some offers to, or at least some interest from Division Two and Division Three schools, things like that, but just not a lot of Division One interest, and decided to go junior college to, to, to just improve his stock. And, and the the coaches at Hutchinson thought uh, that that one you know really one year there would, would probably be enough for him to work his way into a Power Five school. So uh, talking with his uh, his offensive line coach there at Hutchinson, uh, Phil Sertia, he, uh, he he's he's not surprised that it's played out this way. He. He, he thought one season and then he would be off to a power five school and, and had that kind of potential. And, you know, still, still a little bit raw, as you might imagine with the, with a frame that big and the weight he carries, but he you know, carries it pretty well. Still, still has plenty of work to do in that area. I think reshaping his body and getting himself in, in just tip top shape. So I, I wouldn't say this is a plug and play junior college guy by any means. You're, you're, you're more looking at him as it's probably a, uh, you know, just a little bit more experienced high school guy who, who's going to need a little bit of time to develop once he gets to Tennessee in January. But this is a, you know, a really intriguing pickup. Pickup, I think. You know, his 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 coaches, I think, sees you know some NFL potential in him. And uh, and his offensive line coach, as a matter of fact, said, you know, I I I think this guy, if he stays healthy at Tennessee and does what he needs to do and continues to put in the work and and uh, and and has the drive that he's had here, that. He, he can be a 10-year pro. Um, you know, he's got that kind of potential. So 
we'll, we'll see if it works out that way, but it's, it's certainly an, an intriguing addition considering what's left on the board at this point in the cycle. Tennessee had you know, kicked the tires on some other guys in the 2023 class, tried to get a visit from Keyshawn Blackstock, uh, another guy that was actually playing head-to-head against Johnson uh, just on Saturday when Glenn Ellerby flew out to Kansas to see that game, and he ends up offering Johnson that day uh, as opposed to just focusing his attention on Blackstock. So clearly liked what he saw in that game and, and the you know didn't look like Blackstock was likely to visit Tennessee, and, and Johnson was probably the best option Tennessee uh, really, really had available right now unless something drastically changed down the stretch uh, in the 2023 class on the offensive line. So they get their fourth lineman. Uh, but, you know, he, he's, a, he's a really interesting situation. You see those guys sometimes slip through the cracks as full academic qualifiers. But, you know, again, it's just a theory, but he thinks he is, you know, kind of just a victim of, of what happened with signing class numbers the past couple of years. And either way, it clearly was a guy that Hutchinson liked. And Hutchinson, just the fact that a junior college like that takes a guy like him, I, I think shows there's a lot of potential there because a school like Hutchinson, they're not going to South Georgia to take a guy like that if they don't see a, a lot of potential in, in his game, and clearly they did. And, and, and likewise, he's obviously gotten the Power 5 offers that they thought would come, and, and Tennessee liked what, he, what they saw in person. So uh, I, I think a really nice uh, addition there and, and someone that you know, we'll have to wait and see how it plays out the next couple of years, but someone who could end up being uh, kind of a steal if he lives up to the kind of potential his coaches think he has. Yeah, and if there's one position where where you're going to have guys fall through the cracks, I mean, guys fall through the cracks everywhere, but but O-line seems to be a place where you, you see more, you know, small school guys going to the NFL, you know, and not and not just like FCS. I'm talking D2, D3. It just it seems like O-line is the one place where guys – you know, such a unique, such a unique skill set involved there with the size and some guys when they get it, it's 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 a little bit late as a bloomer. But I'm I'm not concerned about to me where O linemen come from, like what level, whether they fell fell through the cracks. That that makes no difference from for me because there's guys that you know are are really low level college guys that the power five teams would love to have. You know, it's just. I, 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 yeah, absolutely. And I, and I, I, this is the kind of guy he, he comes from South Georgia, you know, he's originally from Savannah, Georgia played at Jenkins high school and, you know, played, played solid competition there. Uh, and the, the big thing to me is the arrow seems to be pointing up, you know, this is a guy who wasn't starting at the beginning of the year at Hutchinson. He had just gotten there in, in, in July or so. And, and it takes a few games for, for some guys, not a lot of guys don't even start their first year at junior college. You know, uh, you're usually trying to showcase your sophomores, uh, to, to get those guys off to college. And so freshmen don't always even start at, at that level, especially at a, at a premier junior college like Hutchinson that's put out so many uh, really good college and NFL players over the years, including obviously Alvin Kamara, Tyon Evans, Cordero Patterson, a lot of guys who've come through Tennessee. So um, to, to see him go in there and start uh, and work his way into the starting lineup, uh, you know, in the, in the opening weeks or, or halfway through or so his first season, at the junior college level uh, is a pretty good indication to me. And they, they really uh, have been impressed by the film he's, he's put out over the past uh, several games and uh, that they, they kind of have enough depth there to roll through guys, but he's, he's been a starter here lately and playing right tackles, played some left tackle too. Um, so, so you, you like that he's got the length and the athleticism that they feel they can play him at tackle. But at the same time, it's the guy's position coach thinks might be better served uh, as a guard in the long run. Uh, just depending on how you know how much his athleticism can improve, all of those things. But he, you know, he's at least got the length to play tackle, and that's a possibility. 
Um, so we'll, we'll see where Tennessee decides to put him. I think that's still an open question, but uh, I, I think you have to like the fact that he's gotten better throughout the year. He's made a name for himself, you know, as the year has progressed and obviously just recently uh, got an offer from Tennessee. So uh, th- there are some things to like here, even though he was a lightly recruited guy coming out of high school, not just a guy who had to go Juco because of grades. Um, like you said, sometimes guys like that do slip through the cracks and he's, He's, it sounds like his personal story has, has given him plenty of reasons. You know, there's some things he's gone through and uh, you know, recently losing his father this fall uh, that caused him to miss a couple games at Hutchinson. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's, he's driven, I think, to, to make the most of his opportunities, it sounds like. And, and there's, there's a lot to like about him on and off the field. Um, his, his position coach flat out said people in Knoxville are going to love this guy. He's just a, uh, just a, just a really likable kid and, uh, and, and someone who's, who's definitely just, maturing on and off the field and you can, and you could really see things kind of falling into place this fall. It sounds like with just how he's progressed uh, even since the start of this season. So I, I think you like that the arrow is pointing up there and that Tennessee has, um, has confidence that he's going to be able to reach a lot of the potential that his, his coaches have seen in him this season uh, just in less than six months at Hutchinson. Yeah. And I really like his headshot too, which, which doesn't really mean anything. It's just a, a personal thing. I, I really, I saw his headshot and I was like, yeah, yeah, I like this guy. Uh, it's just sometimes you see a headshot and you're like, yeah, it's like with Elijah Simmons, you just see a headshot and you're like, yeah, I like, I like this kid. Now that, 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 that's my personal opinion. It means nothing. That, it means nothing for the rankings. It means nothing for anything else. It's just something that I saw it and I was like, yeah, I like this kid. That's where I was going with that. I, th- I thought you might have seen a little bit of Elijah Simmons in him based on on that picture you're talking about. Yeah, any- I-, I can see the resemblance there a little bit. Anytime your head is arguably wider than it is tall, uh, you got my attention. And, uh, yeah, I saw that, and I saw his size, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to like this guy. Uh, but we have a couple more uh, other guys to discuss, too. we got to get to break before we do that, though. We're slightly overdue for a break because Tennessee has gone into the portal portal. And it has gotten a couple of guys. It's going to get more, but to this point, it's gotten a couple of a uh, couple of big need guys. So we're going to talk about them. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to step away for a break, pay for some uh, pay some bills, listen to product services, in house ads, etc. And we'll be right back here on the Go Balls Twenty Four Seven Podcast. Hashtag ad. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Everyone is talking about if. I'm going to go to Lynn Human. I like it. I love it. It's original and heartfelt. Ta-da! And the must-see comedy of the summer <laughs> that's perfect for the whole family. It's just so exciting. If. Ready PG. Now playing in theaters. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from his home daycare center. Talking a little Tennessee football here on this Thursday edition of the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. Talking primarily recruiting, as it were, which is fortunately that we've got Ryan here to talk about that stuff. Before we, before we get back into it, though, just a quick 
uh, suggestion, quick request from our end, if you will. If you could take about a minute out of your day right now, let's say 60 seconds, 75 seconds, 90, 90 seconds tops, go in there and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. We really would appreciate that. If you're just listening on the website, right there, govoss247.com, that's fine. We, we love you. There's no wrong way to consume this podcast. What helps us out the most, though, is if you go in there on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, anywhere in the world, Amazon, anywhere you can catch the fine pod, you can find this Go Voss 24-7 podcast. We do this for free. We're happy to do it. It's a labor of love. No sweat from our end. It's, it's all good. Uh, but since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to go in there and rate and review, and subscribe, and tell your friends, tell people you see at church, tell people that you see walking around town uh, in this nasty weather we've had the past couple days, Uh, tell people you see at the dog park, tell people that you see uh, out around town, you know, you're out holiday shopping, you know, maybe you're you're like at Mass General Store downtown, you see somebody wearing a Tennessee shirt, and you're like, hey, uh, you're a... You're a, you're a Tennessee fan. I'm a Tennessee fan. Why don't you listen to that Go Balls 24-7 podcast? That person might be your new best friend. It might be your sp- new spouse. Uh, you know, no offense if you're already married, but hey, sometimes, you know, you find love later in life. That's all right. You're your true partner. It could be uh, the, the owner of a major company, and they're like, hey, I want you to come work for me. And then you're making like a million dollars or more. You, got, you never, ever know what's going to happen karma pay it forward tell people about this podcast and come up to us when you see us and tell us you like the podcast too that's been happening a lot more it seems like in the past couple of months and we always love hearing that stuff so if you're already doing all that stuff thank you we love you Uh, if not i award you no points and may god have mercy on your soul ryan back to business tennessee obviously added a couple of guys from the portal on wednesday as well i should say the portal Tennessee got some some big names uh, or for some some big position needs anyway. I don't know if either of these guys are huge names because one's a kicker and the other one played at an FCS school. Started his career at an FBS school, then went to an FCS school, and now he's coming back to FBS. But these were big positions of need that Tennessee added. I love adding kickers from the from the portal. Anytime you need to go get a kicker, I love getting one that you know has performed at the college level and performed at a high level at the college level. That's a big win. And then anytime you're getting a tight end who's in that kind of six five range, that kind of athleticism, I think you like that. Yeah, on, on the kicker thing, it's a, it's an interesting point that I, I I wonder if this becomes a a more of a trend in recruiting that you know this is obviously the second straight time Tennessee's gone to the transfer portal for a kicker as opposed to signing a high school kicker uh, and putting him on scholarship immediately, which there's. Clearly a lot of risk involved in that. Um, it doesn't always work out, although Tennessee's had plenty of success with guys like Aaron Medley, Brent Samaglia, uh, the, the last couple guys they they, they signed on, on scholarship deals as, as kickers. But, uh, you know, it doesn't always work out that well, and and you don't always have, uh, you know, just a ton of great options in your own state where it's, it's often easy to get those guys. And, and this state's produced plenty of good kickers, but you don't always have uh, just an elite guy in your state. So you've got to look around sometimes uh, when, when that year or, or when that time comes for you to sign a kicker. So there's a lot that goes into that where it's a, it's a tricky process. Um, so it, it's easier in some ways to go to the transfer portal. And as you said, get a guy who's experienced, who has shown he can do it at the college level, who's not having to have to have to learn how to kick in a bigger stadium in front of all these fans and uh, kick a different ball from what he's used to kicking and all this stuff. 
it, there, there's just more certainty in it. And so now Tennessee goes to the portal and gets Chase McGrath a couple of years ago. And now Charles Campbell, a, a, an in-state guy originally who's spent the past few years at Indiana and he's, you know, kicked more than 50 field goals in his career. Um, you know, made, made 73 extra points. I think, you know, just a, just a lot of experience uh, to where, you know, yeah, sure. He's only got one year left, but with no signing class limits, it's not a big deal to take a guy like this out of the transfer portal and you know what you're getting. So uh, I, I think there is a lot to like about this. And I wonder if this will be, if not the regular, every time they need a kicker approach for Tennessee, I do wonder if this is something we will see more often now, uh, just because it's as long as things are set up this way, th- there's not much of a reason not to do it this way. You know, not every kicker gets in the portal, obviously. Um, and so the, the top, top kickers are going to still go to, to, to good schools out of out of high school and things like that. Uh, and, and you're not going to steal a kicker away from an SEC rival too often and things like that. But you can still get pretty good kickers this way and, and, and know what you're getting and not have as much risk involved. So it's a it's an interesting approach that I wonder if we'll see Tennessee repeat in the future. But for at least one more year, that gives them uh, that, that gives them the kicker they needed. And uh, they, they also are bringing in a preferred walk-on, a, a kicker that people should know about, uh, Max Gilbert out of uh, Los Angeles Collegiate School in Memphis, a guy Tennessee's put a lot of time into recruiting and uh, had on campus for a camp this year and uh, seen him for a long time. And, and they uh, he committed to them back in, uh, I believe, early September after Mike Eckler went over to see him. Uh, he's still coming as a preferred walk-on. This gives him the way they see it, just a year or two to develop, to, to sort of adjust to the to kicking at the college level. And then maybe he's ready to, to take over that job. So, um, we'll, we'll see how things play out with him and some of the other guys on the roster already. Uh, you can find kickers as preferred walk-ons a lot of times and not have to worry about um, you know just signing one uh, or, or, or going into the transfer portal for that matter. So we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. Tennessee might have its next kicker after Charles Campbell on the roster, you know, at least in January, um, that with those guys continuing to compete uh, and develop on the, on the roster this, this next offseason. But at least for now, it looks like Charles Campbell will be the the heavy favorite, at least, to be Tennessee's primary kicker next year. And uh, I think you have to like the addition for Tennessee, given his experience in the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, that's that's obviously, if, if you can't get SEC experience, the second best thing probably would be Big Ten experience, because you're kicking in very big, very loud stadiums. Uh, you're kicking in tough environments. Uh, you're obviously, Bad weather. Yeah, you're obviously kicking in really bad weather for parts of the year, so... Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot to like about that. I, I, I like, uh, and really, there, there's for whatever reason, there's been a lot of good kickers in the Big Ten too. So, I think this is, uh, this is a nice move for Tennessee. This is probably some, some form of a dream come true for the young man from Jackson. That's very much Big Orange Country over there. That part, that part of the state, that little, uh, you know, his, his younger brother's a student at UT already. His mom's a UT graduate. He, interestingly enough, despite that, was not. You know, really a Tennessee fan growing up, he said, but uh, but definitely has been to Tennessee a few times before for visits and camps, and uh, was actually you know the, funny how this works. I told you, know, I mentioned the timing doesn't always work out. He was hoping you know that Tennessee had had an opportunity for him coming out of high school that he would at least have a chance to earn a scholarship there. But they signed Brent Samaglia the year before he graduated, so he knew he was essentially blocked there and didn't bother going to one of their camps going into his senior year after going to one the previous two years. So uh, funny how it works out. You know, he always had at least some interest in going to Tennessee, and now he gets a chance to, to finish his college career there with, uh, with a, you know, a, a chance to finish uh, 
or, or play one season at least at Tennessee and be there with his brother at the same school. And also, before we move on to other stuff, the the McCollin Castles, the, this one, uh, I'm not going to say it totally came out of nowhere because obviously anytime there was a talented tight end who was going to be in the portal, Tennessee was going to be interested. It, it's just sort of, you know, we, we don't know what's going to go on um, with, with Jacob Warren, I suppose. We, we do know, though, that Princeton Fant will be gone. Now, Miles Campbell, which to me was maybe slightly surprising as a guy going into the portal. That was one I was like, hmm, I kind of thought that maybe they thought he had a chance there. Uh, but but regardless, he, he's at least into the portal for now, and we'll see what happens. Uh, but Tennessee's numbers at tight end, they are what they are. You know, this was they're, – they're not great, and this is a position that – is uh is a big one in the offense and and we'll see you know tight ends at, at the college level it's kind of like you know you can either you can either design your offense with them in mind or if you don't have good ones you can sort of do different things and and run offense differently but uh, Tennessee likes to have good tight ends and I imagine even without out without Alex Golis there they're gonna have another tight ends coach clearly they're gonna still emphasize that position to some extent so so they needed them. And getting this kid right here, I, I, I kind of like this pickup. He, he's one who uh, was good enough. Uh, he went to Cal, I guess, straight out of high school. Then he ends up going to UC Davis, ends up putting up pretty decent numbers there. Looks like a pretty good prospect. This kind of looks like a like a low-risk, kind of potentially high-reward kind of move for Tennessee. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you know these are, the, these are the kinds of guys that I think you're looking for in the transfer portal a lot of times. Now, sure, the ones who are coming from big schools – and who were big time recruits coming out of high school and who are already kind of household names. Sure. Those are the, those are the ones everybody would love to have usually, and they get the most attention. But to me, this is what, this is what the, the transfer portal kind of does best. A lot of times it, it gives you a chance for guys like this to, to get to the level where they probably belong. Um, and as you said, this is a guy who started off his career at a power five school, who was a four-star prospect on 24 seven sports, actually coming out of high school was the number 14 tight end, uh, on 24/7 Sports in the 2018 class, um, so there was a there was a lot to like about him. Clearly, even at that time, um, so it, so nothing football wise says this is anything but a good pickup for Tennessee. Uh, the only thing that that people will will maybe question a little bit is just the school that he's coming from. But I, if you follow the NFL draft enough to know that guys come from all over the place and work their way into the NFL, um, you're not you're not worried about that. I, I think you're loving this pickup. This is. Uh, you know, we, we talked about it last year. Jared Verse coming out of uh, uh, an FCS school last year well, ended up being a stud at Florida State this year. So the, these are the types of guys that that sort of uh, they, they, they fixed what was uh, what was maybe not not right about where the player was to begin with and, and give him a chance to play at a top level school. And so now he gets to finish his career in the SEC. And uh, the, a funny thing to me was I, I enjoyed hearing the story about how this all went down. Uh, you know, that's what was maybe the biggest surprise about that. Uh, Callan Castles had kind of popped up uh, as an option for Tennessee uh, not not long before we found out about the commitment. But, um, we, you know, we, we got wind that Tennessee had, had, had – Joey Halsley had visited him out on the West Coast on Wednesday and, um, and and that Tennessee was was pretty seriously involved there. So we knew we knew the name a little bit, but he didn't tweet anything about the offer, so nobody knew about – any of the offers he had, he's a low key kid on social media and uh, he, he hadn't been to Tennessee's campus before. So you would have had no reason to think he's on the verge of committing. And he said he knew before Halsley got there essentially for the, for the meeting on Wednesday that he wanted to commit. Uh, so Halsley walks up, 
introduces himself essentially. And he's like, Hey, good to see you. You're going to see a lot more of me. I'm committing. Um, that's not an exact quote, but it was something to that effect. And, uh, so just told him right off the bat and then said they talked about other stuff for a long time after that. So, uh, just came together very quickly and, and it kind of just sounds like that's because he didn't want someone else to take his spot. Um, knew he wanted to be at Tennessee. He's going to try to visit next weekend to, to, to get a, a firsthand look at things, but he's like, Hey, it's one year. I'm not that worried about where I'm living at this point. I just need to be in the right place. And I think Tennessee's offense and playing in the sec is a, a great situation for me to get the film I need, the opportunities I need, and make more of a name for myself to improve his his status as an already emerging NFL draft prospect. You know, again, he was on the Senior Bowl watch list going into this season, so he's already uh, gotten some attention as a guy who could play his way into the NFL. Um, uh, some people that that have praised this this pickup and and pointed him out as a as a potential NFL player down the road. So. Uh, he's a he's a really good athlete. Says he's uh, says he was timed around four six seven or four six eight in the forty yard dash out at UC Davis uh, the last time he ran it. So uh, if that's anywhere in the ballpark, and it sounds like it is, yeah. and looks like it is based on film, that, that's obviously a tight end that can move uh, really well. And at six foot five, two hundred forty pounds or so, a, a willing blocker who's still I think improving in that area, but plays with some physicality. Um, so a lot you can do with a guy like that, moving him around lining him up outside and in the slot and things like that. You can, you can really do a lot of things and that's what Tennessee wants to do at the tight end position. So uh, yeah, I think they want at least one, possibly even two tight ends in the transfer portal, just given the need at that position. Um, so that's a huge, huge pickup and, and getting a guy with NFL upside. I mean, what, what more can you ask for? I think that's a, a potentially plug and play starter for Tennessee. And now we'll see if they can get anybody else to go along with him to kind of you know, maybe transform that position and potentially even take it to another level next year. They, they got pretty good production out of Princeton Fenton, Jacob Warren. I think they're, they're thinking they can, they can do even more with that position if they get the right guys and, and getting McCallan cast is a good, really good start. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, the way I would put it with them and the tight ends is that those guys, they put up pretty good numbers, but it was how central they were to the offense. Like I, I don't, I don't know that, that people, and I, I know I know you understand this, right? I'm talking about people in general. I I don't know that a lot of people still understand just how central those those tight ends are in so many things Tennessee does offensively. With the they line up all over the place. They give them you know sort of a you know sort of you know formational flexibility where they can go fast and line up in a lot of different you know line up in a lot of different sets without having to make subs that let defenses kind of kill time and make subs of their own. There's so many things that those guys do, you know, run run blocking, pass protection, picking up, sliding over, picking up stuff. They're both really smart, smart players and you know, you can't just ask people to come in in their first year and understand the system as well as guys like Fant and Warren did with their multiple years of experience in it, but it just seems to me like there's just so many things that you can do offensively when you have good tight ends, versatile tight ends. It just allows you to do so many more things as an offense than you can do without them. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and, and that's, you know, Tennessee, again, they, they want that offense to, to have all the weapons that it needs. That's the amazing thing is, is that Tennessee was able to have the number one offense in the country this year without having what most people would consider to be, elite talent across the board. You know, I think they can still get a, a lot better talent wise at running back and at tight end, may, maybe even on the offensive line for that matter. They had the quarterback, they had the, they had the receivers, but everywhere, everywhere else, I think they, they can still get a lot better. Um, just bringing in top players and, uh, and, and continuing to produce NFL draft prospects. They can, 
they, they can take this offense to another level. So that that's the the impressive part is they did all this with guys who were were not doing a whole lot uh, under previous coaching staffs and 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 just solid players for the most part who've who've turned into good good players with uh, with experience. So uh, yeah, I think the, these guys, uh, if you can continue to get players like McAllen Castles in the transfer portal, that's that's the formula for for helping to sustain what Tennessee built um, this year. So this is the first of potentially several additions in the transfer portal. I think Tennessee's looking for a lot of help, obviously across the board, uh, not, not trying to remake the roster by any means, but just kind of patching up some holes, improving where possible um, and, and nothing too crazy, but in line with what you're going to see from a lot of teams across the country. And tight end was a, was a big need they identified early. And, and obviously we talked about the, the offer to Kyle Morlock and, and, and they had been uh, kind of quietly recruiting uh, McAllen castles as well and, and looking at others. So they're, they're, they're certainly, Trying to trying to patch up the the tight end position. You've got Ethan Davis on the way as well. Don't forget about him. Four star. Oh, I don't commitment. think they, I don't think Tennessee fans have. No, definitely not. And that's you know that it, it, it's just, this is just a reminder that it's it's hard. You know, he's coming off a, a labrum tear that that kept him out for his his senior season. So he he's still got to build back strength and and get up to speed. And this is a guy who's a little bit raw football wise anyway. Just really one year of high school football under his belt. Uh, and, and put up some great numbers in that season, but he's still going to have a lot to learn once he gets on campus. So I think this is just a reminder that, yeah, there's a high ceiling there, but you just can't count on that for next season as being a huge part of the offense. It's a it's a huge plus if he's ready to play as a true freshman, but you need something you can count on uh, for, for next season if you're Tennessee while Ethan Davis sort of gets up to speed. So he's still the future very much at that position for Tennessee, I think, but – uh, in the meantime, this gives Tennessee a lot more certainty. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of touched on it earlier. We'll see what Jacob Warren decides to do. He's, he's a fifth-year senior, has one more year of eligibility due to that COVID year. So does he decide to take advantage of that extra year and come back, or does he just move on? He's still on the fence about that, I think. And, yeah. and what he does there could determine whether Tennessee takes a second tight end in the transfer portal. So definitely might not be done at that position. Kyle Morlock, still someone Tennessee wants to host on a, on a visit maybe next weekend. Uh, Florida State, I think, is supposed to host him this weekend. And he's already been there for a game, uh, for the Florida game at the end of the regular season. So that's still one to watch. And if Tennessee could get him, I think they'd have a tough time turning him down either way. But certainly Jacob Warren's decision looms large in whether Tennessee adds or at least tries to add a second tight end from the transfer portal. So still might not be done there, but that's a – Either way, even if if they just end up with with McAllen Castles, you're adding a a possible NFL draft pick if he if he has the kind of year he could uh, in Tennessee's offense uh, to to what they already have coming back. So I think it's a really nice addition and uh, certainly a good start to what they're hoping will be a nice little haul in the transfer portal. Yeah, when I look at the numbers, I, I still keep thinking that they're that they even if Warren decides to come back if they could find a tight end who would have multiple years left, not just another one and done, but if you could find another guy who would have multiple years left out of the portal, looking at the numbers, I would still think you'd want to take one maybe. But, I mean, you'd have to obviously talk to Ethan Davis and make sure y'all were on the, you were on the same page with him about that. But I, I think it's just a matter of numbers. Like, that's going to be a small room. Right. I mean, yeah. you look at it, they're just the numbers. And I know that the new position coach might have some, you know, if we'll see what Tennessee does with that, with that position on the staff. 
if it's not someone who's elevated from within or, or whatever or moved over from currently on the staff, that might be someone who has their own kind of player in mind or, or someone to, 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 to put in, in Heupel's ear. So I don't really know, but I would imagine as important as, as that position is, you, you'd rather have more, more options there. Yeah, I, I think so, and that's and and again, that's why I think they're they're still very open to taking a second tight end in the, in the transfer portal. It's just finding a the the type of guy who's going to be willing to come into that situation because some obviously might not want to be one of two veterans coming in from the transfer portal, might not want to come in with a highly ranked guy like Ethan Davis on top of that. So it, it's going to take some recruiting. It's going to take finding the right guy that that could be in that situation. But uh, I, I, some some guys are willing to do that. And, and talking to McCallan Castles about that. You know, he said he hadn't had any conversations about Tennessee uh, adding a second tight end in the portal, but he he was completely open to that because he said, hey, I was in a situation where at UC Davis this year, some guys around me got banged up, and I was playing a ton of snaps at the end of the year, and I was you know, essentially overworked a little bit and thought he could have used some help. Um, so he he sees it as a plus if he's got a second guy that can kind of you know rotate with him a little bit, take some of the workload off his shoulders. Uh, it's just going to make them both more effective uh, in the snaps that they do play in Tennessee's pretty much always got a tight end out there. As, as you mentioned, they play a lot of three receivers, one, one tight end, and, and that allows them to, to continue to move, move fast on offense. So uh, I, I think you're going to see, uh, even if they were to bring in a second tight end, um, both of those guys are going to get a lot of, a lot of play in, in a lot of different situations. And, and it wouldn't just be a, uh, uh, a limited role for anyone else that would come in. So I think that is just like with Warren and Fan, it could be a nice a nice setup. But you got to find the right player willing to jump into that kind of situation for sure. And 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 I guess you know it's funny you keep it's it's obviously his name you keep calling him McCallan Castles for some reason I, I think of McCollin like it's like it's Scottish or something I don't know why it just looks to me like it should be McCollin but I know it's not because you're you've obviously said it McCallan but I, I just. I'm like, shouldn't it be McCollin? I don't know. Whatever. Different topic for another day. Regardless, <laughs> Ryan, before we get out of here, in terms of other stuff out there in the portal, other stuff out there in recruiting, going into kind of uh, early signing and all that, like, what, where, what, anything out there that Tennessee fans just like desperately need to know right now that 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 we don't mind kind of, uh, you know, unveiling from behind the paywall. Any any just sort of small tidbits that we don't mind sharing. Yeah, that, I mean, there's just a, a, a ton to keep track of right now in, in the transfer portal and, and high school recruiting. Uh, you know, Tennessee's coach is obviously out on the road this week and uh, in full force, and, and they'll be on the road through the end of next week. Two more visit weekends coming up before early signing day this weekend, not looking like a particularly big visit weekend. I think next week will be a little bit heavier with some transfer targets they would like to host on visits and things like that. So this weekend may be a little bit lighter. Uh, three three high school guys that we know of right now taking official visits to Tennessee. The main guy out of that bunch, uh, Elijah Davis, a four-star junior college defensive lineman, uh, East Mississippi Community College, a school you've probably heard about a lot over the years. Oh yeah, uh, put out a lot of talent, and uh, he's he's certainly the latest of that uh, of the the top level players they put out. But that's been more of an SEC battle. You know, Alabama's been in the picture there. We'll see if they end up getting a visit from him next weekend. That's still I think on the table. South Carolina has been involved there, but Tennessee very much a, a, a top contender. I think going into this weekend, that's an important visit for Tennessee. They want to add one more defensive lineman in this class. Um, they've still got some other other names on the board that could be options both for the early signing period and potentially in February as well if they were to miss out on an Elijah Davis or if they just decide they want 
to add even another defensive lineman, even if they get Elijah Davis. So they've got some good options there, but definitely defensive line, one of the positions they would still like to address if at all possible. And then the other big name that visited this past weekend, four-star linebacker Arion Carter Mm -hmm. uh, out of Smyrna High School in the Nashville area. Uh, Coming off that official visit to Tennessee, the ball's very much still in that one. He's taking his official visit to Alabama this weekend. I think even some other teams are still still battling, but it's mostly an Alabama-Tennessee battle right now. Tennessee, you know, right in the thick of that one. Uh, it's been Alabama as the team to beat, I think, for a couple months now, but Tennessee not out of it yet. And, and last weekend's visit at least put Tennessee more in the discussion going into the final couple weeks here uh, leading up to early signing days. So he, he's not going to announce his decision now until January 7th. Uh, at the at the All American Bowl in San Antonio, but he will sign early and just kind of keep it quiet uh, until he announces there. So uh, that one will still be wrapping up in the next couple of weeks. So that's a, a definitely an important visit to watch elsewhere this weekend with Arian Carter going to Alabama for what will be his actually fourth visit to Alabama since September. So uh, Tennessee uh, will be watching that one closely. But those are kind of the main names to watch. Still some others in play, but uh, it's a shorter list of 2023 targets left. Really, a lot of the focus is on the transfer portal in a lot of ways. And Tennessee's coaches even making visits to check on transfer portal guys while they're on the road. You know, again, it's a lot of things to juggle this time of year, but uh, we've already discussed a lot of names in the transfer portal. Had a story yesterday on some of the early names to watch in the transfer portal in regard to Tennessee. Some of the visitors there uh, expected to, to host maybe out of the transfer portal. Uh, uh, the uh, the Mississippi State wide receiver um, that, that, uh, that entered the portal uh, recently, uh, Ra Ra Thomas, uh, the, 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 the Bulldogs leading receiver in terms of receiving yards this season, sounds like Tennessee's one of the main contenders for him. So guys like that and some others they've offered already in the portal, got plenty of uh, discussion of those guys on the site. So, so go check out GoVols 24 seven for more, but certainly we will, uh, continue to keep tabs on, uh, all the different irons in the fire. And there are a lot of them right now for Tennessee. And Oh, by the way, they'll figure out what they're going to do with that staff vacancy. Uh, at some point, maybe yeah. in the next couple of weeks. So uh, not sure how quickly they'll move there, but it hasn't been you know, moving at warp speed so far. I think they're going to you know, take their time, make sure they get the right guy there. Uh, amazingly, they got a tight end commitment out of the transfer portal without a tight ends coach. You know, that's that's impressive alone uh, to, to pull that off. But uh, but yeah, and, still and to me, a lot and of things to me, to, Ryan, doesn't that, that that sort of indicates to me that as much as Everyone loves and respects Alex Golish, and we've said for a long time that he was going to be a head coach at this level sooner rather than later. I think that's also sort of a, a vote of confidence that the kids out there can see, hey, um, this is still Josh Heupel's offense. Like with, with absolutely no disrespect toward Alex Golish, a guy who I've enjoyed every interaction I've ever, I've ever had with, a guy who I think will be a really good head football coach. He's taken over a program in a tough spot right now, but a place where you can win, obviously, at USF if you do it right. Um, no one's done it right there in a while, but if you do it right there, you can win. Um, but it, it just seems to me like that's a pretty strong vote of confidence from kids that like, hey, like I know as long as Josh Heupel's there, this, that offense is his baby. Yeah, I, absolutely, and I, I think that's that's the key. Is you know, and, and certainly in, in, in McAllen Castle's case, he he knew he wanted to play in that offense that that has a chance to to get the ball in his hands a lot. Uh, that that obviously had plenty of production there this season with uh, with Fant and Warren, and, and also just playing in the SEC. That's that's a lot to sell too. But yeah, I think the fact that it's Josh Heupel's offense, you, you know what you're getting there, and, and even and Tennessee, Tennessee was able to. I think kind of downplay the coaching change there 
and say, hey, it's not a big deal that, that Alex Golish is gone. We're still going to do the same stuff. Nothing's really changing. It, it's Josh Heifel's offense. So, so no, no need to worry about that. And we're going to bring in a good tight end coach who can kind of keep the train rolling. I think that probably – uh, probably is a good place to leave it because I know there's uh, we're going to have so many, you know, so many transfer portal and recruiting episodes coming up, especially in, in the next month, and then really even even beyond that. But it's just a time of the year where there is so much going on. You know, it's a great time really to be a fan because you got Tennessee basketball right there in the top ten, uh, and they're 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 cranking right along. Got a couple of huge games coming up, and then SEC play, which is always huge. Uh, you got always year round a ton of football news. But right now, you got you know looking for a, another uh, vacancy to open on on the staff uh, that they're gonna they're gonna try to fill. Uh, you're looking at a situation where uh, they're in the recruiting market they're in the portal market they are you know preparing for a an orange bowl for the first time in 25 years i mean you know there there's and before you know it guys baseball is going to be here this is the time of year where there is so much going on and we're going to have we're going to be pumping out podcasts as much as we can even though we're going to be on the road a lot we're still going to be pumping out the podcast as best we can uh because uh these numbers are growing and we really really appreciate i should have said that during the coming out of the break there was that these numbers month over month uh, are, are just fantastic. And people come up and saying, Hey to us and, and talking about the podcast and everything. Uh, and sometimes even offering constructive criticism, like, like, you know, or ideas, which, Hey, I got no problem with. I'm not an expert here. This isn't radio lab. I'm always down to listen to those things. So uh, anyone out there uh, who wants to tell somebody else about this podcast, keep on doing that, man. We're going to keep, we're going to keep bringing them to you. Uh, we're going to keep growing this thing as we have done the entire time. And uh, there's a lot going on over the next month too. So it's not just the holidays. There's a lot going on right now, Ryan. Well, yeah. And, and, and also the transfer portal stuff. I mean, not just the players Tennessee might add, but who's, who's still going to leave potentially yep. that's all, mm-hmm. all, all to be determined. Uh, and that will play out beyond the bowl game. I think, you know, the, the transfer portal window runs through January 18. So uh, guys might enter the portal this month, but might not make decisions until, as we saw last year, earlier mid-January, Tennessee doesn't start classes for the spring semester until uh, you know beyond uh, toward the back half of, of January. So you've got time uh, to get guys on campus for the spring semester, and a lot of this is going to play out over the next several weeks. Um, but Wednesday was a reminder that all this stuff can can happen at any time, really, with the transfer portal. So uh, definitely a lot to keep track of, and and, and obviously a lot to check out at GoVols247.com and sign up right now for 50% off your first year. A great time to join the site with that special and uh, and take advantage of all the transfer portal coverage, all the recruiting coverage, all, all the discussion about the, the the coaching staff vacancy and all that stuff you just mentioned, the bowl game coming up, basketball. It's a, it's a fun time, a lot to keep track of. It's very busy, but uh, this is kind of like hot stove season in, uh, in a professional sport. You know, it's, it's uh, there, there's so many possibilities and rumors out there and everything. It's a, uh, there's almost always something to keep track of, so it's it's definitely never a dull moment right now. Yeah, maybe the the Vols will do what the Cubs did and pay seventeen point two million dollars for one year of a guy who had a one point two WAR last year. Maybe that would be and like a what two hundred batting average or something. It was, yeah. it was pretty low. Yeah, that's seventeen point million dollars. It's it's like if they were getting the Cody Bellinger of like three or four years ago, I'd be like, hey man, seventeen point two is a bargain. I don't know about now, but uh, and, not, and not even mentioning Wilson Contreras, uh, Willie Willie uh, died to me. So he did the one thing that you just can't do, which is go join, you know, Satan's two holes. So well, let's 
Yeah. Just hope to hope it works out better than the last former Cub to Cardinal signed to a five year deal. Well, he was he was Agent Dex, and he went over there to St. Louis, and he did his part by taking a lot of their money and doing nothing. He did exactly what I wanted him to do. That's why Dexter Fowler, you're you're still a saint. So that that still that still works for me. But Ron, I guess we'll we'll have you back on. I mean, I, I mean, obviously a lot over the next month. So get used to get that voice fixed. But um. Yeah, there's, uh, sure. yeah, but but there basically it's going to be any time. I mean, this is the time of year, and there's always every every time of year is a time of year where it could be Ryan at any point. But uh, because of uh, the recruiting breaking stuff, but especially right now, like there's going to be some there's going to be some breaking stuff going on over the next few weeks, certainly. Signing day less than less than two weeks away. Early signing day that is less than two weeks away, and yeah, with all these transfer portal visits and and uh, and, and coaches on the road visiting transfer portal targets, uh, all that happening. Yeah, there's going to be. Plenty to discuss, so there, there will be def- definitely more of these podcasts in the next few weeks and plenty to, to break down. But uh, to, to, to wrap it up in short, Tennessee, a long way from being done in the transfer portal. Still want a you know, receiver, maybe another tight end, an offensive lineman. They've offered some defensive linemen, open to taking an edge rusher or linebacker. They, they've had, had their sights on, a, on defensive backs. They just took a kicker, obviously. So there's really not any position where you can completely rule out Tennessee could add somebody in the transfer portal. So that tells you that how much news there is likely to come in the coming weeks and potentially even into the spring with the, the second transfer portal window. But, yeah, busy stretch, and uh, we'll, we'll have a lot to discuss here in the next few weeks. That we will, Ryan. Thanks for the time, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, Wes. There's that button. And now I can say – Thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent, growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, You also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. 
And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys.